0: Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're talking about the scrimmage. Um, That was yesterday, by the way. It's Sunday. I didn't really think about what I was going to talk about before I started recording. Um, Yeah, there was a scrimmage open to the media, not open to anybody else. It was the uh, only time that the media is able to see... 11 on 11 football from cu before the season starts um and so definitely exciting to get to actually watch some football at the same time you have to remember that there's 25 practices and this was just one of those 25 and who knows what's happened in the other eight that have already happened and the next 16 that are on the way um that said, Carl Durrell has told us that the two scrimmages that happen during camp will, of course, be weighted more heavily than just your standard practice. But um, again, just because somebody played well or didn't play well or whatever doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that's what's always going on. But yeah, plan for today is to run through some of that stuff, um, including J.T. Shrout. That's how we're going to get things started, and we'll do that right. After I talk a little bit more about the Colorado XOs. So for those of you who don't know, the Colorado XOs are a rugby team based in Glendale, Colorado. They are uh, trying to take athletes from other sports, teach them how to play rugby, and it's going well. Right now is the offseason, but there's some other cool stuff going on, like August 20th through the 22nd. Um, they've got uh, the Rugby Town Sevens Tournament. Um, there's 20 Sevens teams from around the world that are playing. Um, Saturday's the Military Championship. Sunday's the Tournament Championship. Um, there's there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff going on out there. Uh, you can check it out at RugbyTownSevens.com, R-U-G-B-Y-T-O-W, 7S.com. um and it's 15 dollars to get in kids 12 and under are free discount if you buy tickets for the whole weekend uh, and definitely check that out all right so the big news and you guys have probably seen this by now but uh jt shroud um got hurt cu has some rules about reporting injuries um and the, the rules you're not allowed to and so it's this weird thing where it's like when we see it, we can't necessarily just like tweet what happened. but um, after practice, when Carl brings it up, or I think what happened was Brian asked him a question, Brian, how the Daily camera said, like, so there was the play with j t. Can you tell us what happened there? Um it's just like this this weird thing. and the point the reason I'm saying this is because, I can't really get into too many of the details, uh, but I can kind of give you a basic rundown. Um, Like Carl said, it was a non-contact injury. Um, Just like he said, putting a move on air, and uh, next thing you know, he's on the ground grabbing his knee, and next thing you know from there, he's being carted off the field. You see something like that, and you think, that looks it's kind of like the textbook what an acl injury looks like doesn't necessarily mean that's what happened and there's a bunch of other things that could cause somebody to react that way maybe hyperextended it whatever um the point is though something is up with jt probably yeah we can say knee something up with jt's knee and uh we just have to wait and see what happens um If you want my thoughts, I'll say I'm not optimistic, um, which (laughs) is kind of rare. Again, just have to wait and see what happens. Obviously, there are some pretty huge implications that come along with something like that. Um, The the biggest being that, you know, if JT can't play, well, the job is Brendan Lewis's, and he'll be the starting quarterback. Um, From there, there's this little line of problems that arise, things like... uh, Who's the backup quarterback? And Carl said after practice, it's Drew Carter. Then um, the number three is Jordan Wolverton, And those will be the three healthy quarterbacks that Colorado brings into the season if JT um, does have a serious injury, which hopefully he doesn't. Um, Drew Carter, I'm not going to lie, kind of looked like a freshman yesterday. Um, there were some throws that were off target um they're just the decision making seemed a little bit slow you know when he was throwing the ball to receivers a lot of the time I was thinking huh might have been better to have thrown that a half second sooner things like that and that's no big deal for Drew Carter in terms of like him being a future quarterback for the Colorado Buffaloes but in terms of him potentially having to see the field this year it's not what you want to see, although it is probably what you expect from an 18-year-old in his first scrimmage. Um, again, it's just a bad situation to be in when you have three freshman quarterbacks, and that's all you have on your roster. Three technically true freshman quarterbacks, um, although Brendan is techn- he's a second-year true freshman quarterback, because that's a thing we do in 2021. Um, so, yeah. I do think that there's, I think at the very least, there's going to be a conversation amongst the coaching staff. Again, assuming that JT's injury is serious. Um, talking about whether you move somebody like Matt Lynch back to quarterback. Um, Matt Lynch played, I think it was it, two or three years of quarterback at UCLA. Played a season to tight end there. Played a season to tight end in Boulder. And now he's back for his final year of eligibility playing tight end. I'm not saying I think it happens. But I'm saying if I'm Carl Durrell and Darren Cheverini, it's definitely something you have to at least bring up and talk about. Um, because, you know, you are where you are. You know, you're, you're an injury away from Drew Carter being your starting quarterback. Assuming, again. But, uh... You're two injuries away from Jordan Wolverton, a uh, walk-on from Durango, true freshman, being your starting quarterback. So again, it's not it's not the best situation. Drew, I'm I am excited to see Brendan. Assuming that things go the way that they could be going at this point, um, but does it change the way you use Brendan if you don't have JT to back him up? You know, if, you know, are you are you willing to run the ball with him as much as you typically would, considering that that's one of his strengths as a quarterback, knowing that, you know, even if it's not a serious injury, but, you know, he, he takes a helmet to the throwing arm, gets a, doesn't quite feel right, needs to take a series off, you're throwing Drew Carter out there. And again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm ragging on Drew Carter. It's just... Not and you could take the name off it and just say, Do you want your true freshman to, to be stepping up in that situation? The answer is no, pretty much regardless of who that is, unless it's one of like the top five, ten recruits in the country. And even then, they have to prove it in camp to be that kind of guy. Um, not a great situation. Um, you know, the whole process yesterday was weird because, again, I, there's I can say that it happened about halfway through the scrimmage, maybe even a little bit more than halfway, but everything just kind of shifts when that happens. Um you know, I think <laughs> it's just the watching my Twitter feed for example, you know, I was tweeting about everything and all that kind of stuff and then that happens and you know, the whole process takes a few minutes to get through and then after that they kind of go with the threes out there, you run some special teams. Um, you don't just jump right back in going full speed with the ones Because that's, you know The the vibe shifts a little bit And so you, there's there's a little bit of a lull in the tweets And you start I was getting responses like, hey, what's going on? I haven't heard anything for a while But you can't say what the injury is um, Although, you know, I think one reporter did say what it was And then somebody else kind of ran with that And so a lot of people saw what... Uh, was going on. Um, and then that just creates more questions and people asking and, you know, (laughs) you start tweeting and people are saying, well, what's up with JT? And yeah, it's, uh, just weird. Uh, I I say all that though, because there was a bit of a shift in terms of the practice afterward. We did see the ones again, but just wasn't quite the same. And because of that, there weren't quite as many takeaways from the whole thing as I think that there probably would have been otherwise. Um, Again, we'll talk about how Brendan played. We'll talk about all the other stuff that happened, but I just want to make sure we knock all the injury stuff out of the way and make sure that there's, there's nothing else that anybody could have questions about. Um, You know, we can run through, let's run through some of the quotes, I guess, uh, from, we we talked to Carl after practice, heard from Isaiah Lewis, and then also Dimitri Stanley. Um, and they all addressed the situation. Carl, like I said, kind of, uh, he, well, let's just find the quote. Um, he said he, his knee buckled a little bit. I'm sure he's scared a little bit. We don't know what the extent is. We're hopeful that it's not too serious. No one was around and he kind of did the move on air. It's one of those things in football sometimes that happens yep uh when he was talking about the uh the other quarterbacks, you know asked you know and this is something that's kind of been a topic throughout camp um not like hearing every day, but we talked to the quarterbacks coach we've talked to chef talked to uh, about the fact that there's only four quarterbacks on the roster. And they are pretty young. You have JT Shroud, who's a sophomore, and you have three freshmen. Um, And Carl said, you know, when asked, like, what do you do from here? He said, we have what we have. If he's going to be out an extended period of time, we have three to work with. Drew has to get more reps to get him ready to play. That's our job as coaches to do that. Jordan Wolverton will be the third. So there you go. Um, Definitely not like, and this won't be a surprise, like the happiest I've seen um, Carl, it's not like he was like fighting back tears or anything, but it was, uh, it did not quite the tone that I would have, I mean that you'd expect if from a post scrimmage press conference. If there were normal circumstances, um, Dimitri Stanley, he said, uh, it's heartbreaking. All we can do is really just rally around him, kind of pick him up, bring him along with us. Um, um, when I asked about the other quarterbacks, he said they've been right there with below B and JT. So at any given moment they can hop in and be ready. And I've got full trust in them. So there you go. Um, Isaiah Lewis, I don't have the quote pulled up, but he said the same thing and didn't quite use as many words, but said, we just have to kind of rally around him. And again, um, we'll, we'll get into Brendan Lewis next. And, I do think that he played very well. Um and I'm excited to see what he does. And you know, we talked we talked before the scrimmage. Um and but before the scrimmage I was saying what? It was about 60/40 that it was going to be Brandon Lewis's job. Um and for that reason, I think that there's a real chance that they didn't lose their starting quarterback yesterday. Again, assuming the injury, but Again, it's <laughs> it's just a well we have to wait and see um but what what's really scary is that there's just no depth there, and you're now one play away from being in a really tough place. you know this is still a very exciting season for Colorado. they still probably have their starting quarterback um I think I don't know if that was the same interpretation the the coaches would have, but a little bit the thin ice, which is just too bad considering how hard the coaching staff worked to add depth to this team. Um, when you look at what they did at linebacker, when you look at what they did on, in, in the trenches on both sides, um, I guess they tried to get a of Vonger at safety. And I was thinking about that today. Um, just when I was thinking about all these different safeties, you know, you have Isaiah Lewis, you have Mark Perry, you have Chris Miller. And I think that a lot of the time you want to have all three of those guys on the field, and when somebody needs a breather, you're throwing Curtis Appleton out there, and you know we've liked what we've seen, trust in Oliver or maybe factors in there too. We just kind of have to wait and see how it shakes out, but that's where if you just have a tons of hunger, it does change the shape of that defense. It does give you that one more piece back there. um at one point he was committed to Colorado, so I don't know all this just to say. This is the type of stress that I don't think the coaching staff wanted to have to deal with, um, regardless of who the starter was going to be. And it really sucks. And hopefully, hopefully JT is back and healthy. um, And it was just some weird thing that happened. You know, hyperextension, for example. So yeah, uh, that's going to do it on that. Oh, we haven't done much for questions recently, but if you guys have any questions, leave them on the post for this show at vdmvr.com. Or if you have any thoughts on all this, leave them there. We're going to start getting back into that um, now that we're getting into the season again. I'll, uh, I'll start checking those comment sections. Um, so if you have any thoughts on this part, if you have any questions, if you have anything else, throw them in there. Obviously, you do have to be a member uh, to comment on things. But luckily for you, right now, there's an awesome deal. If you use the code CAMP2021 when you sign up for a DNVR membership, you will get a $60 gift card to the DMVR locker. I'm actually wearing the new golf hat right now. It's a, it's a good hat. It's white. It has a really cool logo. It has that little uh, cord thing across the front of it. Um, I've never had a hat with one of those before, so it feels kind of cool to have one. Uh, that is one of the many things you can pick up Including, soon, uh, a a shirt that we made with Nate Landman, and I'm pretty sure he gets half of the proceeds from that, um, which, hey, you know, it's good for Nate, it's good for us at DMVR, but also, if the coaches can go and say, hey, uh, well, the last big-time linebacker came in through, he had an NIL deal, he picked up this much money, hey, it doesn't hurt. So I'm not saying you're getting the Buffs better recruits by buying our stuff, but, buy our stuff and let's see what happens. Um, like I said, that code is camp 2021. Um, and that's, I think that's gotta be the best deal we've done. Um, don't quote me on that though, because I am an idiot. Uh, also, Hassle Cattle Company. They, uh, they're great. They make really good food. Um, I went to the DMVR bar after the scrimmage yesterday to watch the Broncos preseason game. And I had, what was it? So there's a new menu at the DMVR bar, and I don't think anything got knocked off the menu, but they have added a bunch of things. And one of them is the Bronco Burger, which is a really good burger with, it has like cheese, and it has like this green chili cream cheese or something. And uh, it has, there's a bunch of different things on there. An onion ring, two, I think it actually had two onion rings. Um, but, but the point is, it also has the Wagyu beef patty, and it was so good. Um, again, you don't think you realize, or at least me, I don't think that I would realize the difference between normal hamburger and Wagyu hamburger. There's a difference, though, and you can check all that stuff out for yourself at the DMVR bar or... Order from Hassle Cattle Company. Um, they're fourth-generation cattle farm. That's where we get our Wagyu beef from for the bar. Um, they they have all sorts of different products. That hamburgers actually won awards from Food Network. Um, they've got uh, smoked sausage, New York strip, um, beef bacon, Wagyu frank, Um, two jerky flavors. There's so many awesome products. So head over to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. And use the promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your purchase. Uh, You can use that every time you order. And they're giving away a $200 gift card and a cooler to a lucky winner. All you got to do is go to the DNVR Sports Twitter account. And up at the top, that pinned tweet is going to have a link to enter for that. $200 Two hundred dollars in awesome beef and a cooler. I'm gonna. I'm little, I hate plugging this because I want to win, but you know, it's my job. So uh, yeah, there is that. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. So today I, I've been doing some betting. Um, I've been betting on a lot of these preseason games, and for the most part, I have been losing money. Except for on the Bronco game, I bet more money than I typically do. And the Broncos beat the hell out of the Vikings. And so I came away... I, I think I'm a little bit ahead right now. But right now, so there's only one game today, the Panthers and the Colts. I had a parlay with the Panthers to win and also under 34.5 points. That, uh, that it was like plus 350 or something. And I was riding that, Panthers went up, started to think that under wasn't going to hit, so I cashed it out and wound up making, you know, half a unit is the way that you're supposed to talk about it, Um, making half a unit on that, and then I put a full unit on the Colts to win when the Colts were down, and now it's tied 18-18, and the Colts have the ball with like six minutes left. Could be a pretty nice payday, is all is what I'm gonna say. Um, if you want to get in on all the action, I'm not gonna lie, preseason betting is a little bit risky, but there's real sports right around the corner. There's baseball if you're somebody who thinks baseball is a real sport right now. Um and DraftKings is America's top-rated sportsbook app. They give you all sorts of different options when you bet. There's a lot of boosts, there's a lot of cool things that you can do. And If you bet $1 on any college football game, if you're a new user, you get $200 in free bets. It's a great deal. Now is the time to check it out and get used to it before you uh, get into football, pro football, college football season. Um, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code DMVR to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Um, we're we should get into Brendan Lewis right now. I do want to say this first. So. The Carl said after the scrimmage, the goal was to get 80 to 100 plays in. Um, They were in the 90s. That's pretty good. In general, he said he was happy with what he saw. There were some explosive plays. Um, There are also explosive plays in special teams. Uh, Cole Becker was 2-for-2. He hit one field goal that I think was like 48, 49 yards. That's the freshman who uh, you'll remember. Colorado had a commitment from the number one kicker in the class. And then he flipped his commitment. And then he got a. Uh, uh, the Buffs got a commitment from another number one kicker in the class because there's so many different kicker rankings. So this is this guy who just got here, wasn't here in the spring. He looked good. Uh, also, had Brendan Rice on a nice return. In general, good things happened. I didn't want to spend that much time on that. But uh, broad takeaway it was good outside of the injury to Shroud. Um, Brendan Lewis, though. Here's all I'll say: the ball did not hit the ground very many times at all. He was very efficient. Um, I thought he made maybe only good decisions. Um, even things like you know the one deep shot that I really remember. It was when he drew the defense offsides. So you know, defensive lineman jumps, becomes a free play. He throws one up down the sideline. It wasn't catchable. Uh, but you know, that's the kind of decision making that you want to see. And with a guy like Brendan, technically a true freshman, although he was on the team last year, um, that's kind of the biggest question mark. And he checked that box, which is what you want to see. Um, Maybe not the most explosive passing game. And I don't even want to say that. That's not true because there were plenty of plays where he, he would give the ball to a receiver and the receiver would go make a play with his legs. You know, Brendan Rice, there, there was a great play where he's just coming across the formation. The, the half that he's running toward is just wide open. And Brendan Lewis sits back in the pocket, watches him come across, waits for the defenders to follow their receivers to the other side, feeds him the ball, and the other Brendan gets it and turns upfield and picks up a a nice gain. I think it was like 20 yards or something. And I think that that was kind of... That was more so where the explosive plays were coming than from Brendan hitting on deep shots. You know, that's more J.T. Shrout's game. And... Uh let's see. So like I said, JT left probably halfway, maybe a little more than halfway through the scrimmage. I uh, and I don't even know if that's true considering like how long they were warming up, doing individual drills and stuff beforehand. Maybe it was a little before. Right around halfway, though, is the point. Um Brendan was moving the ball better. Um, you know, it helped. We'll get into Jarek, but Jarek really helped him out on the first drive. On the second drive, there are a couple of big games. But the point is, Brendan was moving the ball. JT's offenses weren't moving the ball quite so well. And if I had to pick a winner from the day, I would have gone Brendan Lewis and I wouldn't have thought all that long about it. Now, JT did leave before the red zone work, and to that point I'm pretty sure brendan only had one touchdown and who knows maybe jt shreds the other defense um whatever um it was not a complete evaluation but i was really excited by what i saw from brendan he didn't run the ball all that much until um there there was one drive that i think started with three straight read options and After that, there was a little bit more running from him. Um, But for the most part, he was working from the pocket. He was picking apart the defense, and things were going well. Um, I was very encouraged by what I saw. Um, He did throw three touchdowns yesterday, um, no interceptions, and there weren't even any passes that were close to interceptions. Um, It was a really good day. You would like to see some more downfield completions, that sort of stuff. But at the same time, we've heard that this defense is focusing on playing top down and not giving that kind of stuff up. And that means that maybe you're going to have more open underneath. And like I said, the ball didn't hit the ground all that many times. And, you know, going through all the stuff with JT and there was a lot going on, maybe, maybe I missed something. But I know that to the, to the point when JT went down, the ball had only hit the ground th- once. Uh, twice if you count the deep shot that didn't work, but that obviously that was just a five-yard gain on the penalty. Um, really promising day from Brendan. And it kind of adds up with what we've heard about these quarterbacks during camp, that they're making good decisions and those sorts of things uh, from Carl Durrell, from Darren Cheverini. And... Yeah, I I mean, not much else I can add on top of that before we move on, but here's what I'll say. I thought it was 60-40, Brendan gets the job going into that day. If JT was healthy and, you know, just happened to not play in the red zone period or whatever, we're going to say that Brendan improved his chances to 70-30 or 75-25. Again, it's tough because we don't see all the other practices. Um, but yeah, and who knows what they the coaches wanted this offense to be, you know, I think that there is a real chance that they said, you know what, we have the ground game to suck the defense in. We just need to, to have a passing game. That's going to spread them vertically. And we have Brendan Rice and Levante Chenault and all these guys, Dimitri Stanley is a great deep threat from the seam. You know, he's a little bit small to be playing outside, but from the seam with that speed, he's a very good deep threat. Maybe they do want to throw the ball up. And and that was probably what was working against Brendan Lewis the most. What we saw though, he can absolutely spread a defense horizontally. And I don't, There, there, we just didn't see any deep completions and that doesn't necessarily mean he can't do it. Um, we can wrap that up there. Very good day for Brendan, and this podcast would be in a dark place if it had not been considering what's going on with JT. Um, before we take another break, let's uh let's talk about Jarek Broussard. He he was an animal. It's uh it's honestly kind of unbelievable just what he looked like out there. And first of all, I'll start with this. He does look like he's faster without the knee brace. Um, first play of the scrimmage, it was Brendan Lewis working with the ones. He uh, he had a little dump off almost. I don't even want to call it a dump off because it was a few yards downfield, but the, it was to Alec Pell. Um, and maybe this is a good time to add, there were quite a few players who didn't play in the scrimmage and again, like I told you guys about the reporting injury thing that kind of applies to like who's participating and who's not participating in the, the scrimmage because they're, you know, potentially injured. But I do think that there were a bunch of guys that they just held out, um, because they didn't want to run the risk of them being injured. Um, especially because there are a lot of guys who nobody's said anything about injuries or I've specifically been told in the last week they're at a hundred percent health and there those guys were all just kind of hanging out on the sideline but Brendan is starting with the ones and he has a little dunk dump off to Alec Pell uh who we'll talk about later and picks up five six seven yards something like that on the next play they hand the ball off to Jarek Jarek runs right up the middle picks up 66 yards and a touchdown. He's brushing off tacklers. Oh, here's the other thing I should say. A lot of the best plays of the day, they're actually on a video that the Buffs' Twitter account tweeted out. The football account tweeted out yesterday. So I I quote tweeted it too, so you can find it there as well. Um, But definitely go and watch that, because a lot of the things I'm telling you about, like that Broussard run where he brushed off a couple tacklers and ran the ball 66 yards for a touchdown... It was fun to watch, and it's fun to watch in that video, too, so definitely go check that out. Um, so, yeah, Jarek goes and gets that touchdown. All of a sudden, it's JT's turn. Um, and maybe instead of talking about Jarek and going straight through, let's go through some of these notes. Um, Zephaniah Maya uh I still don't know if it's Maya or Maya, but he had a tackle for loss on the first play of that drive. It was a loss of four. Uh, That defense, was uh, it stuffed um, the next run, and so all of a sudden, it's like third and 14. JT had a little screen pass to Fontenot that uh, it was almost picked off. Um, And then after that, JT actually got another drive, and I'm not... In hindsight, I wish I had paid more attention to this, but it might have been like ones versus ones with Lewis, twos versus ones, or twos versus twos with Shroud, and then on this next drive, it's like twos versus ones with Shroud or something like that, or Shroud gets to work with ones. Um, The point is, um, we'll miss pass from JT, um, a, a broken play that led to JT kind of running left around the edge. It winds up being third and five, and... oh. I said Lewis hit Brendan on that crossing route. That was actually uh, JT. That one we were talking about earlier. Brendan did. Brendan Lewis did very similar things too. Um, penalty actually brought that back. Marvin Ham got a sack there. Just running through this because there's some interesting details. Um, that was honestly a lot of the most interesting stuff. Um, Lewis was able to work. Just a nice drive. Honestly, just picking up seven yards passing every time, getting downfield um it's efficient it's effective it's what tom brady does um big comparison obviously but just because somebody's not flinging the ball downfield doesn't mean they can't be successful um jt gets it back there's moving the ball between the 20s so you you pick up like 30 yards or something and then it's time to stop um jt goes back out there though and uh Jarek Broussard gets in the game or in the scrimmage for the first time since the 66-yard run, and JT hands the ball off to Jarek. Jarek gets around the edge and picks up, uh, I think that one was 42 yards. And and then you're sitting there, Jarek has two carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. Just like, yeah, this guy is special. And Jarek actually only had two more carries the rest of the day, Um, they were both like three, four yards, something like that. Um, the Carl told us afterward that he kind of did what he needed to do. And then that was it. They, there was no reason to keep him out there. Also, my Colts are down there. Minute 41 left first and goal still in that tie game. I'm about to make some cash. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Um, Jalen Jackson playing in the slot. I thought looked nice. Um, yeah, I, that's a good note. Uh, Alec Pell, uh, on the same drive, he got open. The ball was kind of bad at the line of scrimmage. It wasn't like deep or anything, but seven yards downfield headed toward the sideline probably would have turned it into a 15 yard gain or so. That's what you need out of your tight ends. And I think that Alec Pell can be that kind of guy this year. Um, we've been hearing good things about him during camp. And technically still a redshirt freshman. So, yeah. Um, exciting for sure. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of him. It's just kind of the question of how things shake out. Because Brady Russell obviously is the number one. But Alec Pell looked really good. He had another... Yeah, he, he had the touchdown where... Um, it's, again, just like a crossing route. I think it was a 16-yard touchdown. Um, The first 10 yards were the pass from Lewis to Pell, and Pell turns upfield. There's a safety coming to hit him. He dives, puts his shoulder into the safety, goes over him. Again, watch the video that the boss tweeted out, and you'll see exactly what happened. Um, But Pell kind of proved that he can do all the things that you want a tight end to do. Um, So that's... Again, all you can really ask for. And as all this shakes out, you know, the other guy who's making plays from that spot was uh, Louis Passarello. Don't. Jared Poplowski. Damn it. Those two screwed me up for forever, and now is the only one on the uh, roster. Um, but Passarello, who has—sorry, Poplowski's the only one on the roster. I'm telling you, this was—that and the Austin-Alvin-Williams thing was the— but but yeah, point is Poplowski, who I think is he's a junior now. He's coming off of two ACL injuries. Um, he was making plays too, and we've heard that he's looked decent in camp too. Not as much as we've heard about Pell, um, but with those two looking good, I think that right now you look at Brady as number one, and then you kind of I'm, I'm willing to put the players in tiers now. Tier one Brady. Tier 2 is going to be those two with Matt Lynch. And tier 3 is kind of going to be the rest um, with C.J. Schmansky, with um, Caleb Fourier. Um, you know, just seeing who rises through there. Maybe somebody else can get into that tier. And who knows, maybe Matt Lynch even drops out. Um, or any of those three could really get up to that. I guess they couldn't get up to the top tier. Brady Russell separated, but yeah. Um, maybe starting to get a little bit of clarity there, but those tight ends did look good and they were able to block. They were able to do everything that you could want. So exciting. Um, oh, I took a note on, uh, a drop from Montana Lamonius Craig. He had a few catches though. I think Dimitri Stanley had the most catches, but Montana was also getting open and, I think that's what made the drop look bad. Because he was like in the middle of the field. He just kind of had space also in the middle of the field. Um, Alright, Colts won. I made my money. Um, anything else? Yeah. Oh, that was, I think... Was that the only drive from Brandon that didn't like end because the coaches said, okay, we're done here, and not because they didn't pick up a first down on third down or whatever? I think it was, and that would have been um a first down on third down if he had caught it uh jaylee stacks he uh it wasn't wasn't a spectacular day by any means um drew carter like missed him on a throw there um you know it's i do i do think that we're going to see him he just didn't have, like, a crazy impact compared to the other running backs, you know? And, and I think, what was I saying before this? It's Jarek, and then you've got Alex and Ashad, and the fourth guy rotates in is probably Jaylee Stacks. Backing off that just a little bit, and again, not because he looked bad, but because Joe Davis hurtled a guy. Again, watch the video the Buffs tweeted out. He looked good. Deion Smith coming off the ACL injury, he was out there in a knee brace. And, you know, he didn't have any big plays, but there were a couple of runs that were supposed to go up the middle. Things were kind of congested. They just brought him outside, and he was fast. You know, it looked like a defender had an angle, and he just outran him the angle in the knee brace. Um, and just because those guys, I did think like made some plays, and Jay Lee didn't. I'm backing off the the Jay Lee stacks number four just a little bit, although I still do believe that he has the advantage over the other two. Because he is versatile, and that versatility did show up. Although again, you know, we're not allowed to talk about injuries. Other thing is, um, the just like tactical things and where players are lining up. And I think I actually don't know if here there's a rule about who's working with the ones and who's working with the twos. But I know at Montana they had that rule. Um, I will say though, we saw some versatility from Jaylee Stacks, and that honestly may might just balance out the rest of the day. Um, Dimitri did look really quick You know, I think So So Carl was actually talking about How good of a punt returner Dimitri Stanley is a couple days ago And just kind of emphasize that Like, it isn't really a competition there There's a competition for kick returner You know, Brendan Rice Who I said earlier made a, a nice return um, Christian Gonzalez You know, there's, there's some guys back there Who could win that job Punt returner is Dimitri And that's because he's good at it and this was the first time I've like looked at him when he's just in the field and thought, "Huh, he does move like a punt returner, doesn't he?" Like the way he can juke, the way he can stop and go. Um he just looked really quick. Um you know, and again, I don't want to just like knock JT on this whole podcast, but um you know, the next note after that was there was a play where Dimitri was just in motion. Um he like from one side of formation to the other, all of a sudden on the other side of formation, there's two receivers there and there's only one corner. And guess what? One of those guys got open. JT was looking the other way. And then he looked back that way just a little bit late. And it's like, well, again, if I were quarterback, first of all, things would not go well. But secondly, I kind of would have been like looking that way and thinking, okay, one of these guys has to be open. Um, Again, it's not like JT had a terrible day. Oh, again, he has the injury in that. But in terms of the on-field performance, um, not just like a terrible day. But Brendan did, I think, look just a little bit sharper. Um, so, yeah. Um, Dimitri also had a touchdown, I should say that. It was Dimitri, Poplowski, and uh, Alec Pell. And those all came from Brendan. Um... Yeah, I think Terrence Lang got into the backfield a couple times. Just That's just a monster of a man. Um, in terms of notes, I think that that's pretty much everything I had. Um, yeah, I mean, not a great day out there because of the the injury to JT. It, like we spent plenty of time talking about, it just kind of changes some things about how you look at this season. Um And, you know, I think that everything would have had to have gone right for them to win the Pac-12. I think a whole lot of things, maybe almost everything, would have to go wrong for them to finish in the last place. Um, and what you probably expect is things work out so they're somewhere in the middle. But now you have this quarterback situation where, again, I do think that Brendan would win that job, but I'm not super confident in that. And that could be, you know, where you're dropping just a little bit of your, what you expect out of your offense. If you're the coaching staff and you see things differently than me. Um, But again, what is really scary is the potential for one more injury. And we're going to knock on wood every time we say that, but it's scary. It's scary. And now one thing goes wrong there. And all of a sudden, there's a bunch of possibilities that come alive. Like, Does everything need to go wrong for you to be a last-place team? No. You need that one thing to go wrong, and then maybe a couple of others. And that's still assuming that JT is seriously injured. Um, There's no guarantee that that's the case. Just have to wait and see, and I'm sure we'll hear in the next few days... What's going on there? I know that if if the first question for Carl tomorrow morning isn't uh, how's JT doing, I will be floored. We'll see what happens there. We'll work off of that, and um, we'll be talking about it right here on this podcast. Uh, that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow with more, and I'll see you guys then.